What's up, y'all? I'm jumping on real quick to ask you all to do me a favor. If you are a listener of my podcast, make sure to leave me a review. I don't care if you've been listening from day one or if this is your first time listening. Go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Why? Well, the obvious reason is, of course, I want to hear from you all and I want to know how the episodes are landing with you. But the more important reason is when you leave a review, it helps other people to find my podcast. So ultimately, you are joining me in the quest to helping others become more culturally aware by spreading the word and helping them to walk a day in my culture. So after you hear this episode, take a few minutes at the end and leave me a review. I'm thanking you in advance for being part of making cultural change, one listen at a time and one review at a time. Alrighty, let's jump into the podcast. Frederick McKinley Jones, 1892 to 1961. Frederick McKinley Jones was an inventor of the first practical refrigeration system for long haul trucks. His system was later adapted to a variety of other carriers, including ships and railway cars. A native of Cincinnati, Ohio, born in 1892, he was orphaned at the age of nine, never managing to get more than a sixth grade education. Jones moved to Covington, Kentucky, where he was raised by a priest until the age of 16. When he left the rectory, Jones hitched rides and automobiles and became interested in how they worked. He returned to Cincinnati and finally convinced a garage owner to hire him as a mechanic. Jones became garage foreman of the automobile shop in three years. By the age of 19, Jones had built several racing cars, which he drove in racing expositions. His fervent desire to see his cars being raced prompted him to attend competitions without permission from his boss. For this, he was fired from his foreman position. He later accepted a job as chief mechanic on a 30,000 acre farm in Halleck, Minnesota. He expanded his mechanical skills and knowledge through his library studies. Jones served as an electrician in the United States Army in France during World War I, achieving the rank of sergeant. When the war was over, Jones returned to Halleck and entered a new area of electronic research. He built the first transmitter for the Halleck radio station and designed a quote, talking movie projector. Although a typical commercial projector would cost about $3,000, Jones was able to build one from odds and ends for less than 100. When Motion Pictures incorporated soundtracks, Jones built his own device using creative ideas and information he had researched. Hearing about Jones and his mechanical ability, Joseph A. Numero, owner of a motion picture equipment company, offered Jones a position as an electronic engineer. Sound equipment made by Numero's firm was used in movie houses throughout the Midwest. 
1938, Jones received his first patent for a ticket dispensing machine used by movie houses. By the late 1930s, Jones was busy designing portable air cooling units for trucks that would preserve perishable foods transported to markets from one end of the country to the other. Numero formed a partnership with Jones as vice president. By 1949, the U.S. Thermal Control Company had grown to a $3 million a year business, manufacturing refrigeration units for trains, ships, and airplanes. The crisis of World War II inspired Jones to design a special refrigeration unit that would keep blood serum fresh for transfusions and medicines. Jones was recognized as an authority in refrigeration engineering. In 1944, he was elected to membership in the, Amer in the American Society of Refrigeration Engineers. During the 1950s, he served as a consultant on refrigeration problems to both the U.S. Defense Department and Bureau of Standards. Frederick McKinley Jones died in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1961, credited with more than 60 patents, 40 for refrigeration equipment alone. Jones' invention completely changed the food transport industry, creating international markets for food crops. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by simply talking with you about the daily experiences I have as a Black woman. Now look, you know I'm going to say this every single week. I believe that if you guys can hear my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, which will help you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. So, Let's get into today's episode, which is entitled Becoming. Now, if y'all don't have a hunch about what today's podcast episode is about, shame on you. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I mean, hopefully it's clear. But you know, today's episode is inspired by our first lady, Mrs. Michelle Obama. And the Netflix documentary that she did, which is called Becoming, which is based off of her book and based off of her um, little journal that has uh, journal prompts in it. So all of it is just based off of Becoming, um, which is just a tribute to Mrs. Obama. So that is what i'm going to talk about today in today's episode so i'm gonna just talk about the feelings that i had when watching this documentary then i'm gonna talk and talk a little bit about why this documentary is so important especially to the black community and especially to black women and then I'm gonna just talk a little tiny bit about how can we as black women continue this wonderful legacy that Michelle has left in the palm of our hands, right? Now look, if you listening and you like, well, I ain't black or I ain't a woman, so I'm gonna just hit pause or exit out, 
don't you do it because as I always say, you know a black woman, whether she's your client, whether she's your friend, whether she's your girlfriend, whether she's your wife, whether she a cousin based off of some in-law, whether she's a neighbor, she's a friend, she's a co-worker. I mean, the list can go on and on. You got a black woman in your life. So by you listening to this episode, you can either A, share it with them, B, take some knowledge so that you can continue to help and support the black community and work with us the right way, or C, all of the above. Okay? So don't you be clicking off because you don't think that this applies to you. Lies you tell. Anyway, so when I watched this, I watched this a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to watch it on Mother's Day. I just thought that it would be a cool little thing for me to do for myself since we are still in this quarantine. If y'all listening in real time, if you're listening years later, hopefully COVID-19 is long behind us. But, you know, I could we couldn't go nowhere on Mother's Day. And so I just thought it would be a really good thing for me to just kind of watch it on Mother's Day. And it was such a good documentary. Now, I shed a couple of tears a couple of times throughout this documentary because it was just that good. And before I get into what I'm going to say, just so you know, there will be some spoiler alerts in here. Okay. However, I still think you should listen to this episode and then go ahead on and watch the documentary because I'm gonna watch it again um, because it was just that good. I'm, I might watch it two, three more times. It was such a good documentary. And so sitting there watching Michelle, I just was in awe and she just, she is just amazing. Like it's really no words to sum up <laughs> just how dope Michelle Obama is like it's no way to like sum it up in words and I think what I was taken aback by during the documentary is just her relatability she's not full of herself she's a very humble woman and I love the fact that she's on this huge platform you know I still call her my first lady y'all know how I feel Um, you know, but for technicality purposes, she's the former first lady and she just is still so relatable. Um, she's so approachable and she's just, she's almost like, she's almost like a round, round the way girl, but like that dope round the way girl that you trying to be like, but you don't understand how she's still so cool but she just still just a roundaway everyday girl type thing and so I was just feeling like that as I watched her and listened to her story and she referenced a couple of times that she's from the south side of Chicago which I just loved that she she kept naming that because it just it really shows that you don't have to turn your back on who you are as a black person in society, regardless of what platform you are on. And so I think that was part of me kind of shedding some tears because it's like so beautiful to see somebody else being able 
to have such, I know I keep saying this, but she has such a huge platform and she is still very black. And black people listening know what I mean when I say like, oh, she for real black, you know what I mean? And it's no, it's no shade to certain people from the black community who we might not describe as really black. But the truth of the matter is some of us are so assimilated to this white culture, um, so assimilated to this quote unquote American culture that we lose our culture because we're trying to acculturate, if that makes any sense. And it just was great to see. Hello again. Yes, it's me. (laughs) I had to pause the podcast to just promote my monthly newsletter. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? If so, I really thank you for your subscription. It is greatly appreciated. If not, you are missing out. What are you waiting for? Go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up. I have two versions of my newsletter. I have a free version and I have a paid version. Both of them are outlined on my website so you can find out what subscription works best for you. Honestly, it's not an excuse for you to not subscribe. I mean, what do you have to lose? You have a free version and you have a paid version. Both versions are high quality. They are superb and you get cultural knowledge dropped on you every single month. So go subscribe. Again, go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. Look under newsletter subscriptions, read the description, see which one works for you. Again, they are both very high quality, regardless of if you have the free version or the paid version and sign up, like sign up. Okay. All right, let's get back into the rest of this podcast. That she still is very much like a black woman. It was a part in the documentary where she was like doing a little two-step and she was dancing and she was listening to, um, I forgot who she was listening to, but it was like a rap song. And I was like, well, go on here, Michelle. And I just, I just loved it. And so... It brought up so much for me because I just felt like it was a beautiful thing to see. I really, really loved the fact that um, just how she interacted with people when she was signing her book. And for me, I mean, yes, she's the first lady. Okay, like whatever. She she wrote a book and we can all say, well, her book blew up because she was the first lady. But I kind of disagree And I know y'all like, well, where are you going with this, Narissa? Give me a second. It's going to all wrap back up. Um, But there's been other first ladies who've written books and it hasn't like blown up to this magnitude. And I just think it's a beautiful display of you can do whatever you want to do as long as you kind of put your mind to it, as long as you believe. Don't nobody else got to believe except for you. And so... I just thought that it was great that this was like her, I think this is her first book. I mean, don't quote me, but I'm almost sure this is her first book and it did so well. And yes, part of that is because she was, 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say was. I'm just going to keep saying she is the first lady. I'm sorry. Look, this is my experience as a black woman. You don't like it? I don't know what to tell you. But I think part of the reason is because she's the first lady. But I also think it's just kind of what she has poured out into this book. Now, I'm going to be 150% transparent because y'all know I'm real. I ain't been able to read the book itself because, you know, I had a baby. Y'all know what I was dealing with prior to trying to have a baby. And so I'm just now in a place where I can wrap my head around slowly reading some stuff. And I'm currently reading um, the Malcolm X book and I'm just, I'm moving real slow. But just from looking at her documentary and the first cup, I read a few pages of her book and just the way she kind of talks in the first few pages, it shows that like this is a book that you might not be able to put down. Now, I did get her journal prompt because y'all that know me personally know I love to write. Um, and it ain't just about newsletters. I just, I love writing. And so when I have a chance, I will journal away. And so when I saw that she had a journal that kind of accompanied the book, but not necessarily accompanied the book. Um, and was more so for helping you journal and become who you need to become. I got on that. And even that is like fire and it's dope and it is excellent. And so I, again, I think for me, a lot of the feelings that came up was just like, wow, this woman like really beat the odds and look at her now. And it was a part in there where she talked about her school guidance counselor who straight up told her that she was not Princeton material. And she kind of made a joke a little bit about it in the um, documentary, but she, you also could tell that she was speaking very matter-of-factly um, because she kind of was naming that she proved this woman wrong. And she did because for Michelle Obama to be told that she is not Princeton material and for her to be well beyond Princeton material, do such an excellent job as the first lady of the United States for two terms, by the way, and be fully embracing her blackness, it just... It just is hands down amazing. And so I was just so moved by watching this documentary. It was a beautiful thing to see. Um, I really loved the fact that Obama was barely in the documentary. And I just think that's something beautiful too, because I feel like as women, yes, we are married. Yes, we are wives. Yes, we are mothers but we are also us. And so watching this documentary, Michelle really showed how you can still be you as a woman and still do an excellent job in your role as a wife, in your role as a mother, um, in your role as a daughter. She's also a sister. And so it just really showed all these hats that she wears but how she almost kind of like fought to keep her Michelle-ness, so to speak. She, it was really important for her to be able to do the things that she desired in her heart. And she, she did that. So 
that that documentary y'all i'm gonna need y'all to just go ahead and watch it and i know i done kind of probably y'all think i done spoiled it for you but i promise you um it's so much more than what i'm saying but i thought it was a beautiful thing to see it had me very emotional in a in a very good way and it had me motivated in a very good way um i just thought it was amazing so I'm going to take a break and stop ranting about how amazing this is because I don't think I done said that about 50,000 times um, <laughs> about this documentary. So I'm going to take a break and then y'all know how this works with the commercial breaks. I'm going to go pay some bills. While I do that, y'all can kind of do a little multitasking on these little commercial breaks and you know what you got to do. Listen for this second black scientist um, and then I'll be right back and we'll talk about why this documentary is so important especially to the black community and especially to black women. I'll be right back. Hey, you guys, this is the section of the commercial break where I give you all some updates on what's happening with my business. As I always say, I encourage you to listen to this whole commercial and the rest of the commercials because I have included some pretty cool cultural announcements throughout this episode. Also, I want you to remember that my business updates change. So do not assume that this commercial is the same as last week's episode because my commercials change from episode to episode. Um, You can just expect for it to randomly change. So make sure that you are always listening to it all the way through so that you can know what is happening and what updates are happening with my business. Alrighty. So what am I up to now? Well, let me catch you up. Um, Many of you know, I have been promoting my book, Understanding and Working Within the Issues in the Black Community, which was set to be released on September 18th. Yes, I said was. The release date is changing because I have decided to switch publishing companies. Now, I know that might seem like a bummer to y'all, but for me, this is actually very exciting because I feel confident that I'm making this decision at the right time. And I just really want to make sure that what I'm giving you guys is on point. And so I've decided to switch companies because I want to make sure my I's are dotted and my T's are crossed. And I really, really feel like that this is going to um, really be done with the company that I'm deciding to switch over to. So just keep out a listening ear for when the new release date for my book will be. Y'all already know what the book is about. You already know that this is the book for you. And in case you forgot, go on ahead and check out the description on my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. If you have already pre-ordered your book, a refund has been issued to you, Um, but keep your coins, honey, because my book will be available for purchase sooner than you think, okay? So keep an eye out for that. What is still very much available for pre-order is my cultural edition planner. That will be released still on November the 6th. Many of you know I make planners. I love to plan. And so when you combine my love for planning and my love for culture, who better to get you on your planning goals for next year than me? 
I really believe that being culturally aware is a daily journey and I am the perfect person to help you reach those goals because you got to be culturally aware year round, right? So go ahead, pre-order your planner on my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. You can find the planner for pre-order under the books and products tab. And that is also where you can find the description of my book, Understanding and Working Within the Issues in the Black Community. All right, y'all, these are the current updates for my business. Feel free to check them out on my website and they will help you bloom into your best self. All right, y'all, so I am back. Um, so the reason I think that this documentary is so important is because, you know, we don't really, we got some references, but we don't really have some references. And for, for, for us to be able to see how Michelle built herself up from, from nothing really to something and for her to give back in the community in a way where she is sharing her story and encouraging and motivating, it just it just is so important. And I think it's really, really important for all age brackets. Let's just make that clear. Because I mean, I was very motivated. I was very inspired. And it had me thinking about some things that I can start doing differently. But I think even more importantly... This is so important for our youth, right? So for teenagers coming up, you know, teenage years are just difficult. They hard as all get out. And for them to be able to see her, to see her journey, to see her story, to see how she how she has done things, I think is really, really important for them to see. Um, there was a couple of clips in the documentary where she highlighted some teenagers and their story and what they were doing. Um, and it, it just, I'm sure it motivated them. I'm sure that's a memory that will be with them for the rest of them, their lives. And I even think about my niece, you know, she's 12 and um, just, just the greatness of her being able to see a black woman reach such such heights and for it to be at this crucial time in her life you know what I mean like they did two terms and so for my niece to be 12 she is able and was that was all she knew as far as the White House as far as like politics as far as who runs the country um, and I think that is so important. It was such a great stamp on her memory. And it's just like, she's at the perfect age where she won't forget any of this. Um, and I think, I think that's why this is like really, really important. It's really important for our youth to be reminded to not let anything get in their way, not let anybody tell them what they can and cannot do. And if somebody has the nerve and the gall to tell them what they can and cannot do, look at me. I've proved them wrong. And so I think, I think the story is wonderful. I think it's beautiful. I think it's just, it's amazing. I think it's important. Um, and I also think it's important too, 
if we're looking at both ends of the spectrum for like the elderly. So uh, another thing that stuck, stuck out in my mind is after each tour or each city or state that she went to, I believe she ended up kind of sitting with the community and kind of talking with certain people. And so there was a scene where she was sitting in a church with older black women and she wanted some wisdom from them, which again had me almost teared up because I'm like, she is so humble. She wanted to kind of sit and learn from them as opposed to her sitting and talking to them. And one older woman just named that she never thought that she would see the day, right? Like she never thought that she'd see the day where there would be a black president. Um, and, you know, let's, let's speak the obvious and let alone a black first lady, right? Um, and so the, the elderly lady kind of teared up and she cried because she kind of was like, I didn't think I'd see the day and I've seen the day for myself and I've seen the day for my parents. Um, and I think that was beautiful. And I think it's just important for like the elderly people that, you know, are, 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 are seniors and our elders that are black. This, this was important too, because the legacy has not stopped just because the term is over. Um, this, this Obama legacy is just something that's going to continue for black folks and, you really ain't gonna understand unless you black how important this is to us, but it's important. And so that's that's my thinking of why it's important. That's like my short version of why I think this documentary was so important and it's so moving and it's so helpful to the black community because it's something that is so uplifting. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so I, I wish I could find this documentary on somebody's DVD or something. So when Faith get older, I can just plop her down and let her watch it. You know, DVDs might not be around, but I'm a, I figure out how to play it because that's just how important this documentary was. Anyway, let me take another break, y'all. And then I'm gonna come back and talk about how we can try and continue this legacy of Black excellence um, within our community. So I'll be right back. Take a quick little water break, bathroom break, change your position, get you a snack, but make sure you continue listening to these commercials and I shall be right back. Have you ever wanted to receive services that truly consider your culture first? I mean, like really considered your culture first, not in a surface or fluffy way, but in a very deep, rich and validating way. Well, look no further. My husband and I have finally put our brains together on how we can provide services that consider your culture first. At Culture First Family Therapy and Training Services, we offer an array of services that help people truly become more culturally aware. From the trainings and workshops we develop and offer, to the consultations we provide, to training our supervisees to use their cultural lens when providing services to people of color, we believe in putting culture first. Go check out our website and the services that we offer over at www.culturefirst with the number 1.org 
Again, that website is www.culturefirst.org. C-U-L-T-U-R-E, the number one, st.org. We are so excited about this and we just look forward to helping you embark on the journey of cultural awareness by learning how to put culture first. Percy L. Julian, 1899 to 1931. Percy LaVon Julian, an organic chemist, was born in Montgomery, Alabama in 1899. His father was a railway mail clerk and his mother a school teacher. Julian attended the State Normal School for Negroes, a private high school in Montgomery. After graduation, he entered DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana. He graduated as class valedictorian and was a member of two honor societies, Phi Beta Kappa and Sigma Chi. Julian taught at Fisk University before entering Harvard University, where he received a master's degree in chemistry. After accepting a teaching position at West Virginia College for Blacks, he later transferred to Howard University in Washington, D.C., serving as Associate Professor of Chemistry for two years. In 1929, with financial backing from the General Education Board, Julian went abroad to Vienna to study for his Ph.D., while there, he became interested in the research of soybeans. In 1931, he received his PhD in organic chemistry. Upon returning to DePaul, he and his assistant, Dr. Piquel, were the first to synthesize photostigmatine, a drug used in the treatment of glaucoma. The dean of the university wanted to appoint Julian as chairman of the chemistry department, but was advised against it because Julian was black. Julian left DePaul accepting employment at Gildan Company, a manufacturer of paints and varnishes. In 1936, he was appointed chief chemist and director of research of soybean products. His appointment was viewed as a turning point regarding the acceptance of black scientists in America. Dr. Julian saved the lives of thousands of servicemen in World War II with his invention of aerofoam, derived from soybeans, which was used to extinguish fires. He also discovered a more economical way to extract sterols from soybean oil to produce sex hormones. Dr. Julian is probably best known for the development of a way of synthetically producing cortisone in large quantities and at a reasonable cost. Before his discovery, cortisone used in the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis was available only in limited quantities and it was extremely expensive. In the early 1950s, Dr. Julian formed Julian Laboratories, Inc. in Oak Park, Illinois, and Laboratories Julian de Mexico in Mexico City. In just a few years, Julian Laboratories grew to be one of the largest producers of drugs in the country. 
1961, he sold his Oak Park Laboratory, excuse me, to the pharmaceutical company of Smith, Klein, and French for $2,338,000, but maintained his position as president. During his long and productive career, he received numerous awards published over 200 papers in respected journals and had more than 100 patents in his credit. Dr. Pierce Julian died of liver cancer in 1931, but lived to realize his dream, the emergence of black scientists entering universities where their creative talents could find uninhabited outlets. Dr. Piercy Julian remains a trailblazer for those who have followed him. Okie dokie. So how can we continue this glorious legacy that Michelle has left us as black women? Um, and then I think I'm gonna just throw in a little bit of just how we can continue this legacy as as a whole as black people, whether you're a man or a woman or a teenager listening. Um, you know, I'm gonna just get into that. But first, as black women, how can we continue this legacy? And I think the only way I can kind of start this conversation and this little brainstorm I'm asking you to do is to really think about what landed for me and what I'm going to try to do. And one thing that I found so inspiring is her candidly naming that she was, so when she first had her kids, she named how she would be frustrated because Barack was going to the gym and she was like, I don't see how you got time to go to the gym. But she realized that he was making time to do the things that it was important that he needed to do and that she couldn't be upset with him because he was taking the time to do what he needed to do. And she also named, which I thought was beautiful to do as a partner in a partnership and a marriage, that she didn't want to just kind of like, I'm paraphrasing and I'm really, really paraphrasing because she said it way more eloquent than I'm about to say it. But in a nutshell, she kind of was naming that she didn't want to just be seen as like Barack's wife. You know, she kind of wanted her own thing and she just figured out how to make the time to do what makes Michelle happy, what makes Michelle inspired um, and what Michelle wants to do. And so even the people interviewing her were praising the fact that she like elevated herself so that she could, uh, they didn't use the word equal, but it was, it was, it was a way of her elevating herself because Obama was also just so dope. Right. And so she, she wanted to kind of match the excellence that he was bringing to the American people, the excellence that he was bringing to his career. She wanted to like really do well um, in that. And so that stuck with me with thinking about, hmm, there are some things that I feel like I do really, really well, but there are some other things that I feel like I can like expand on and do even better and they are important to me and I got to make time to want to do those things 
And so I feel like that's one way I'm going to continue the legacy. And just also, just she's just dope, right? Like when I think back of how she was in the White House, she encouraged movement. Um, she encouraged healthy eating. You know, she encouraged fruits and vegetables. And so just even thinking about that level for my family as a whole, for us to move more, to exercise more, to try to eat more healthy, especially during this time of being in quarantine, just being more intentional because we cannot be as active as we used to be because we stuck in the house, right? And so I think that's one way I'm thinking of continuing her legacy. And I think people need to Black people need to just really think about the standard that the Obamas have set. And so now I'm just talking about talking to everybody, right? Like man, woman, child. Y'all need to think about the sacrifice, number one, that the Obamas made, regardless of your political affiliation or how you felt about them being in the White House. You just still need to think about the sacrifice that they made as the first Black family in the White House and how how much integrity, how much poise that they had and for us to continue to have that standard. And we know Michelle's quote is famous. When they go low, we go high. And Lord knows that'd be hard to do because I'd be real ready to check people in a whole quick second. But when you think about it, If you take that approach when you're dealing with somebody that is just going low and slithering on their belly on the ground like the snakes that they might be, when you go high and when you are soaring high above all of that, you actually can see so much clearer. So if you think about a snake and you think about a bird, right? The snake only got, he got a limited view. But if you, a bird and you high up, you can see all that is around. You can see all that is to come. You just have a wider view. And when I know this metaphor might not make sense to some some people, but the truth of the matter is when you have a wider view, you don't have time to deal with the low shabby stuff down at the bottom of the ground because they can't really see what's coming and what you're going towards. So you stooping down to their level and not flying high like you need to just ain't the business. And so I think we should really try to take that to heart. I know it's hard to do sometimes because folks get on our nerves, but I think that's like one of the biggest things that we can do. And we we also need to educate ourselves more so that we kind of know factual information. We know what's true. We know what's false. And it just helps you to just educate yourself and not wait for other people to give you information and just to expand your knowledge. So I think that's a way that we can kind of continue this legacy um, that the Obamas brought to us because Lord knows they brought us a legacy that is just here to remember in the history books. Just wonderful. Anyway, y'all, that is my rant for today. Lord knows I was ranting, ranting, ranting today. Um, (laughs) But sometimes I think that's a good thing. I think it's good to just have a candid conversation sometimes. Um, for it to not be scripted, for it to not have a whole bunch of fluff and just to just 
have have a candid conversation and sometimes some conversations turn into rants and that's okay but y'all leave me a comment let me know um what y'all thought how you felt about today's episode the cultural tidbit is i just want y'all to watch the documentary if you happen to have netflix um just watch the documentary it's a great documentary it's not super long um it's a really really good documentary So that's what I want y'all to do for the cultural tidbit. It is called Becoming and it is on Netflix and you can't miss it. It's just a gorgeous picture of Miss Obama um, when you find it on the Netflix feed. All righty. Until the next time we chat, I really hope that you do something that'll help you bloom into your best self. And as always, I am very, very excited for you to come back and join me next week so that you can walk another day in my culture. 